Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 36 of a series of episodes that we've been calling Leading Others to Christ. Uh, those of you that have been listening and watching, you know that during these episodes, we uh, are focused on evangelism. In uh, one of our, we have, I started to say one of our goals, but we have several goals. But uh, for example, using some Bible phrases to, to stir us up, uh, to stir us up to love and good works, uh, but especially in the area of, uh, uh, of evangelism and, and stirring us up to uh, reach out to our families or friends or neighbors, co-workers with, with the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Franklin's about 20 miles south of uh, downtown Indianapolis, and I also serve the, there as one of the shepherds. Those of you that know me and have listened to some of these, uh, you know that I kind of do the same thing. Maybe I need to change it up some in the future, but kind of do the same intro every time. But uh, you've heard me say that, uh, that I'm passionate about our topic today. And I have been ever since I obeyed the gospel when I was 21 years old in, in Owensboro, Kentucky. And I really have ever since then, I've listened to, I've read and listened to different ones and, and always been striving to learn how to be involved in leading others to Christ, how to teach others. Uh, I, I see myself more as a teacher than a preacher, but, uh, but again, using some Bible thoughts to learn how to be a, a fisher of men uh, and women, of course, uh, learn how to make disciples, uh, how to persuade men and women using the scripture, and then especially teaching others to teach using what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, and the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. And then later in the chapter, the phrase is there, Paul used to, that we need to learn how to be useful for the master. I like that, to learn how to be useful for the master. So with all, right when all this COVID stuff started, I came up with this idea of doing interviews and to try to find out uh, other Christians out here that are passionate about this too, men and women that are fellow workers that are involved in re reaching and leading others to Christ. And once we identified them, to, uh, to interview them, find out who they are, where they are, how they're doing their work, why are they so motivated? So that, that's why we're here today. And we're so excited to have with us today someone that I'm just getting to know, but I'm confident that we're going to learn a lot from him. And I always do this too, if you're, but not if you're out driving, but if you're, uh, if you're at home, get out uh, your, your uh, paper and pen and take some notes um, because we're going to be able to learn something from uh, Chuck. Our guest today is Chuck Bartlett. Welcome, Chuck. Good to be with you today, Dan. Excited about this. I just love this format. Well, good, good. And uh, hey, as I tell everybody, you know, anything that you suggest that we can do this to make it better, let me know, because we're we're a work in progress. But sure. uh, now Chuck is one of, uh, I always ask everybody that I interviewed uh, if they would refer three people to me uh, that I need to interview. And uh, one of our uh, earlier uh, ones that we interviewed, uh, Carrie Keenan, preaches down in Temple Terrace, Florida. And he said, you need to talk to Chuck. And so, Chuck, we're here today because of Carrie. So I love you, him. You, 
We worked together up in Toronto, Canada. We started a couple of works up there and I invited Carrie up because we were just so busy, swamped with classes. And that's yes. how we got to know each other. Great guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so many stories. Just think about that. The stories that would come out of the time that you two were working together. But we always start out here and and and, and I get so frustrated because some, and maybe you'd say, well, if you quit talking, we'd have more time. But uh, <laughs> the 30, the 20 or 25 minutes that we do these, it goes so fast because of just the excitement of, of the topic. But look, we call this the elevator pitch or the short bio. Chuck, would you tell everybody uh, where you were born and a little bit about your past, uh, maybe uh, who taught you the truth and, and where you are now? Okay, great. Um, so let's just start with the fact that I was born in Toronto, Canada. I'm a Canadian by birth. And uh, when I was seven, we moved up what they call cottage country, three hours north of there. And there was a very small congregation there. Uh, the preacher was Brian Sullivan. And uh, I was part of a Baptist group. They call it the Brethren Church up there in Canada. And uh, there was this uh, family that moved into town and uh, we were in high school. And I said to my friends, this new girl that moved into town, I said, I'm just going to date that girl. And she was a member of the church. And uh, it wasn't very long where we, we, we set up some studies because, you know, in my mind, I was a Christian. She said, do you want to have a Bible study? And I'm like, well, wow. sure. Uh, no harm with that. And it didn't take me long to realize, wait a minute, you guys don't think I'm a Christian. <laughs> and so the studies went from there. And long story short, six months later, I'm 17 years old. I become a Christian. And, uh, and it wasn't too long after that, that I walked into the study of the local preacher. And I said, uh, how do I do this? He said, how do I do what? I said, I want to do this. I want to teach. I want to share the gospel with other people. And just like you, Dan, I mean, that enthusiasm hasn't stopped since then. And so we just been, uh, he says, well, there's a couple of things we could do. You could work with me, but I know that there's some classes down in Danville, Kentucky, where Steve Wolfgang and oh, Kelly. Wow. And, yeah. And yeah. I went down there for a couple of years with it. And uh, Kelly was just such a great guy. So you've lived, you went from Canada to Kentucky? Yes, I did for two years. So, see, I since I'm from, well, I was born in Illinois, but we some, spent so much time in Kentucky. I always tease everybody. So, you went from Canada to God's country in Kentucky. <laughs> That's yes. right. That's right. So, and, yeah. Steve Wolf, and Steve Wolfgang's a dear friend, and, and we've okay. interviewed him, and, and we yeah. interviewed him and his wife, Betty. Uh, okay. And, okay. So, That's great. So, uh, so, uh, uh, so from Canada, I got to tease you a little bit. You, you probably, I'm thinking, you know, something about ice hockey. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. It's funny because I was just on the ice last night. And this is great. Today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, again, because that's what this is all about. You're making contacts, you're meeting people, you're getting yes. into the community. You can't sit behind your desk all day. Um, and, and, and we'll talk more about that as things unfold. But getting back to your question, because, you know, then after the Danville days, I go back to my hometown of 2300 where that small congregation is and that's where i started my full-time work wow wow that was 40 years ago 40 years i was, I was getting ready to say how long has it been 40 years um uh, how old are you i'm 60 years old all right well i'm 74 so uh you're just a kid that's but <laughs> yeah uh you know it's uh 
again, I just, uh, I, I, re I really am enjoying doing these interviews. Just get, I get, you know, because Chuck and I, obviously, we've never met face to face, but uh, I didn't know you knew Steve uh, Wolfgang. I didn't know he'd been to Danville, Kentucky, and uh, and uh, just all the people that are out there that that we uh, common friends and you know brothers and sisters around the world, and uh, it's all fascinating. But tell us if you would a little bit about the group there at, at Kirkwood. Okay, well, you know, I, I was invited here about a year and a half ago. Um, L.A. just turned 84, unfortunately turned 84 while he was in the hospital. Been in there for a month uh, due to COVID, and Lord willing, he's to come home today. So we're kind of excited about that. Um, but LA the group Stouffer, here, excuse I'm me. interrupting L.A. Stauffer, right? For the That's right. The, yes, okay. Let's qualify that. And so L.A. has been having a preacher training uh, set up here for, I think, for the last, I want to say 40 years, but a long, like he's been here 40 years, but he's had a lot of young preachers come through. David McPherson comes to mind. Uh, there's been others at Ken McDaniel. Others have come through here and spent two years working in LA, helping them and develop, and then they go off and preach. Well, the congregation here said, well, you know, we've been doing that for a lot of years. We kind of like to focus more on evangelism. We feel like we haven't done enough of that over the last uh, number of years. And so we got into town, and I'm going to tell you, we hit the ground running uh, here, Dan, and we've been excited. They allowed me, I said, look at I did TV when I was in Newburgh for the last 11 years. We started to work in Newburgh, Indiana, uh, when we moved down from Canada. So we were in Toronto. We started two new works in Toronto, the East End and, then, and, and the West End. Um, and then some Christians called me from the States by saying, we're thinking about starting to work in Newburgh. Would you come and work with us? So we moved there, uh, I guess now since we've been here a year and a half, a little over 12 years ago, we went down to Newburgh, Indiana and labored with those brethren. Um, uh, you know, I just, uh, so many things we could talk about, but I, I think uh, just that whole, uh, that whole thing of, uh, you know, starting a congregation, starting a new work. Uh, just think about that, of, the, uh, of a book that you could write, if you will, on what that looks like and what's involved in that. And I've been in, involved in starting some new works as well. And, uh, the uh, excitement and the energy, but it's uh, right. It, but it's, uh, and especially when you have a group of people, like it sounds like you have there at Kirkwood, they're saying, Hey, let's do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the importance of having total buy-in, I use that from, from the, uh, from the leadership down. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, when you start new works, you're not starting with elders. Right. And so I never yeah. had the opportunity to labor, with elders uh, until I became one. <laughs> we were in Newburgh for a while. But coming over here, we have a great eldership who are focused on, you know, we need to not only reach the lost, but we need to ground the members. We need to build the members up. And, uh, and so that's, that's just a full-time job for, for everybody. Well, it really is. You mentioned a word there that I want to I jump on here a little bit, uh, talking about the enthusiasm that you had, I guess, when you were 17 or not too long after you obeyed the gospel, mm -hmm. uh, enthusiasm. I love that word. How important is enthusiasm and zeal in, in evangelism? Oh, they just go hand in hand, do they not? I mean, you, you just can't separate the two. Um, and if, they, if you separate them, then you're, you're, then you're in trouble. Uh, to me, uh, the wisdom, you know, when, when, when we... Ask the question. I think I've I heard some, one of your interviews already, Dan. 
um, talking about what motivates you, right? What motivates you to go and spread the gospel? But to me, I want to go to heaven. And when God says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, that helps me stay on the straight and narrow. You know, I, I think people are, are missing out on seeing the, the many benefits of personal evangelism because you are so focused on helping them get to heaven. And in turn, that's helping you get to heaven. Um, and I, I just I just get excited about it. Well, uh, and uh, promise me you'll keep that enthusiasm. Keep, <laughs> keep it going. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, uh, I, I think you said this, and I know you uh, spoke at the uh, Truth Lectures uh, mm-hmm. 2015, I think, and I was reading the, uh, uh, your, uh, your presentation there. And one time, I think it was you that said this, uh, of talking about the, uh, the zeal and enthusiasm of the, the joy, this, this whole thing about reaching and, and leading others to Christ is to experience that joy of that maybe the first one or not just the first one of, of when you see somebody that responds to the teaching of the scriptures and they obey the gospel, describe yeah. that Chuck. Describe. Oh man. I, I'm going to tell you while you're talking, I'm not joking. The hair on the back of my neck is standing up, wow. you know, because you, you just get so much, so much joy from that of seeing people, you know, but you're, you're, you're experiencing their joy. I mean, yeah. they, they come up out of the waters of baptism they're hugging on me. Um, I tell them the bad news is you don't get to choose your relatives. I'm your brother now, you know, <laughs> and we, and we we're, we're laughing and we're crying and we, we pray and we hug. And, um, you know, here's a person that had no hope now has hope that that's what it's all about. And see, to me, Dan, there are two passages of scripture that I live by two passages. One of my favorite is in evangelism is Matthew 7 and verse 7. Our Lord says, if you seek, you'll find. I told the couple last night, look, if you're really looking for the truth, you're going to find it. And we need to see that there are people for where I live right now. There's people in the St. Louis area that are looking for the truth. And I'm saying, brethren, put yourself out there. Help them. Let God use you to help them. And secondly, the other passage is Romans 1.16. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. To me, the power's in the gospel. I've never converted anybody. I, I say in the sense where I've planted and watered, but we know who gave the increase. Absolutely. And I understand when we mean when we've converted people, so I don't want to put a negative spin on that. But the point is, the gospel is so power, it has cha- powerful. It's changed the lives of so many. It changed our lives, didn't it? Oh my, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and again, you know, think about all the passages that come to mind about having confidence and uh, the way Paul talked and uh, his confidence was uh, at the level that it was because of what you're talking about. The He understood the power of the God. He knew it wasn't about him. Right. He knew it was about God and the gospel and what Jesus had done. And uh, yeah, just let me share that, this one with you, Dan. Yes, sir. I think, yes. This one. I think you'll appreciate this one. Um, so my wife and I are studying with a lady and, um, she eventually becomes a Christian, but her husband did not want us to study. He would come in and you could just see his attitude. He just didn't like it. One day during our studies, he comes in, he throws down a piece of paper on the table and we're like, what's up with that? And, and, and the lady goes, I don't know. And he goes, ah, two coworkers want to have a study. He was telling them how upset he was 
that we were studying and they said, well, would they, would they, would he study with us? And we, we, I called up this guy, his name was Henry. He's from China. He becomes a Christian. He says, can we go to my hometown in inner China to teach my family? So we go, you know, I mean, it's just like God used this guy who couldn't care less to plant, you know, the seed of saying my wife's studying with people and I don't like it, the Bible. And we reach him through that. That's my point about there are people out there that are seeking and God will help them find it. Oh, wow. Uh, that's, yeah, it's so exciting. And, you know, we, we often pray for opportunities, right? And yeah. then God puts them in our path all day long. And we just, sometimes we just walk right by them. That's uh, exactly right. Don't, don't um, even, you know, it's like to go back. Uh, uh, this has come up several times of, of people telling stories and reminiscing, uh, you know, that what if, and I want to go back to that young girl that you told the story about there. What if when you were 17 or whenever she asked you, when she asked you for that study, what if she had never done that? Oh man. I hadn't thought about that. In a long time. What that if she, what if she had never said, Chuck, would you like to stay? as simple as, you know, and you're just a kid, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. but what if she had never done that? Yeah. And, and you think of all the people lives that we've been able to influence over the years and uh, I mean, we're just so blessed and so much to be thankful for. Uh, and that's what you're talking about. You're talking about just that little comment. Uh, you just don't know. I mean, I could have said no, right? I could have yeah, said no. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and sure. sometimes we don't do stuff because we're, we, we think we know what they're going to say and we don't know. And I don't know how many times I've come to my wife and I can remember one time in particular where I came to her and I says, well, I got this couple, couple, uh, study with this couple. I says, man, that husband is just not interested, but I think she's really interested. Who obeyed first? Him. Yeah. You know, because you, yeah. you, think, you yeah. think you know. Yeah, that's uh, that's another topic in itself of the, uh, I don't know why so many people do this. We look at folks and we it's like we can judge or determine that if they're going to be responsive or not, and we can't do that. Uh, well, yeah, and I also, Chuck, so I talk all the time about uh, the joy of sowing the joy of sowing the seed, yeah. right? Because uh, God will give exactly. the increase. If they're, if, they're, if they're hard tried, if the soil's right, but right. the joy, just the, like you talked about your studies last night, just the excitement that comes from having the, that opportunity to sow the seed. I told the brethren, um, and I've done it in a number of places, and so even here now, I'll tell them, look, at last year, from just even from the TV program, do you know how many people called up in one of the correspondence course? I said 150 people called up. Okay. Wow. How many people sent back lesson number one? Not many. How many sent back lesson number two? Fewer than that. And so, and how many finished? And how many were converted? Uh, and, and we were having some success. But the point is, I'll get a request. Now, somebody could say, Chuck, what are the odds that they're going to send it back or even finish it or even want to study afterwards? I says, I don't care. But when I get it back, I am so excited because oh, yeah. you don't know. We're planting. Nothing. We're planting and watering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. You know, uh, uh, Wesley uh, Pollard is uh, he's at Dallin Road in uh, in Texas. And uh, we interviewed him and he's one of the elders there. And just as just as a real special guy, but he used this thought, and I think you can, let's let's follow this if you will, uh, and talk about enthusiasm and teaching. But he said he likes he uses the phrase "follow the convert." Uh, 
you know, and it's talking about that one that obeys the gospel, that joy and excitement that they have and the enthusiasm that they have at that moment. They're wanting to tell their family and their friends what they have learned. Haven't you experienced that? Oh, very much so. And and I know you've done this also, Dan, is that when we get when we meet somebody for the very first time, we're in their home. I don't know if they're going to continue on, but I'm already telling them, do you have any family or friends or neighbors that would like to study? Because like, like yesterday, we're studying with Ella. Well, she's a, a, a spinoff from, we had a study with Priya and Priya mentioned Ella to us. And then Ella brought Wanda yesterday, you know? And so that's how it works. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I, I try to do this in every interview. Would you share with us, uh, and, and let's use this one conversion story of, and I know you've got a bunch. Uh, oh. Is there one that comes to mind that you'd like to share with everyone? Well, you know, there's, there's some specific ones that come to mind. I, you know, recently, I guess Ike really comes to mind because he showed up at services just after I moved here and everybody was really friendly to him. Um, and I went up to him and I says, so glad to have you with us today. I says, can we get together at a Panera Bread on Thursday? <laughs> and he goes, sure. And we have not stopped studying since then. He's already become a Christian. He's going to teach a Wednesday night class here in two weeks. Wow. And uh, he, he wow. brought his friend Greg, who became a Christian. Uh, but not only that, let me just share this one thing, because we were talking yesterday, Dan. Do you know... We had a visitor come out when I was in Newburgh, um, and we made a habit. It was when a visitor came out and filled up a visitor card, we would offer a Bible study. But if they didn't want that, we put them on the mailing list of our weekly bulletin. Yes. And this lady, Bernice, called me up on the phone, and she says, my name's Bernice. I attended where you are five years ago. Wow. Five years ago. She says, I've been reading the bulletin. She goes, I don't think I'm a Christian. <laughs> And from there, we set up a Bible study, and she's become a Christian, and she's still still being faithful today. I mean, my point there is, let's not rush things. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, let's just continue to, to sow the seed, and don't grow weary is my point. The enthusiasm we have, you know, I'll get in the pulpit, and sometimes people come up and say, man, you just wore me out, <laughs> you know, because, because <laughs> but we need to be excited about it. Yes, it's not a fake. We're not putting on a facade here. Listening no. to you, I no. hear the passion that is there. It's real. No, it is real. It is real. And uh, uh, not to be negative, but sad to say, in some places, uh, the passion is gone. The enthusiasm is not there. And people are going through the motions. Uh, somehow they've convinced themselves that everything's okay. And the church is uh, dying or, you know, the, yeah. the uh, churches are closing their doors every day. Christians are leaving the church. And again, that's not being negative. That's just being real. I mean, those are those are documented facts. And that's why uh, I think something like this, what we're trying to do here is so important is, as I said at the beginning, to try to stir each other up. You know, what has to be done? And I want to I want to I want this to sound right. But. I, I can just tell with Chuck, Chuck's excited about this. And sick, can you be excited when you're 60 years old? I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, but some people act like, well, when you get older, I've heard people say this, well, your, your excitement when you're young 
But as you get older, you, you, you can lose all that, you know, it just, but no, if you understand this, uh, you're not going to lose your enthusiasm, even if you're 74, right? It's like, That's right. I mean, I hope it's there until my last breath, you know, you guys are an inspiration to me, not because that you're, you're not old, you're just older than I am. Yes. And I look at my, I look at you and I go, man, I, I want to be just like Dan, even, you know, still have that passion, still have that drive, still have that love for the lost. And we've always said that what two things are necessary for evangelism. Number one, love the Lord. Number two, love others, because your inadequacies as a teacher come, you know, people will overlook your inadequacies, inadequacies when they see that you genuinely love the Lord and you love them. Yes. You yeah. might not have all the answers, but they really see that you care. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people, uh, I mean, I want to, you know, you've heard it said, and I don't know who said it way back when, but, you know, we are, uh, is, I'm the average of the five people that I spend the most time with. I don't know if you've ever heard that. But so if you think about, well, who do you hang out with the most? I mean, who are, who are five people, you know, uh, that are in your life? And, but anyway, it, if if uh, if we understand this, I want to, I want those five people to be people that love the Lord, and I want that have that energy, enthusiasm, like I'm getting here and talking to you. I you know I want to be around Chuck. I want to be around a, a Debbie Downer, or not use that use that phrase, but uh, yeah. somebody that's always down in the dumps and negative, and uh, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Because there's there's so much good that's going on. You know, people talked about this pandemic. You know, and and I'm saying, man, this has been a great year. It's been wonderful. Um, and I don't think if somebody were to come and visit us or visit you uh, where you attend and they say, man, I love what you guys are doing here. This is wonderful. Well, we're going to say, well, we don't think we're being out of the ordinary. I think we're just doing what the Lord wants us to do. I think sure. we're not we're not special in that sense. Uh, we're just we're just doing it's just that the laborers are few and we just need to be working and we all need to be working. All need to be. And, it, and we're not play acting. You know, we're not, we're not pretending to be uh, full of joy because you just walked in the door. I mean, this is, this is the way we strive to be all the time. Sure. We have problems. We have, we've lost loved ones. We've let, you know, for example, my mother died here just a couple of months ago. And, um, uh, you know, we, we have, we have life that we have to deal with, but we we're right. there to help, you know, if we're crying, we're crying together for rejoicing, we're rejoicing together. And, uh, but uh, sometimes we forget that and that, and that falls upon those of us, I think that, that understand to try to help lift up, lift everybody else to help hold the hands up of others. Right. Yeah. I loved it. Um, as an example, you, you brought this memory to my mind and that is that we were studying with this lady and she was getting really close to obeying the gospel, but I was picking up on something with her. And I said, you do realize that once you become a Christian, we're going to continue to study. And you could almost see her body go, Oh, that's good to hear. Because, you know, sometimes there are people think that, well, uh, they're baptized. Well, I'll see you Sunday and Wednesday and they don't grow and they don't get grounded. And I tell you, I'm spending more time, not more time, but just as much time, with non with with uh, new converts than I am with the non Christians of getting them ground and getting them stronger. We got to remember that job. Let's talk. You mentioned the grounding of the new convert because I again, I think this is such a uh, of a, a misunderstood and a neglected area in a lot of places. 
course, you know, if you call it a new life in Christ or new, new converts class or whatever, whatever you call it, but of, of getting them grounded. I remember asking a, a brother one time and he had lived in several states and, and I, and we were putting some materials together and I said, tell me about some new convert classes that you, you know, that you are around. And he kind of looked at me and he went, I, I've never been anywhere where they had one. And I just thought, wow, you know, well, you're not going to have a new convert class if the, if the, if the congregation is not reaching <laughs> out in the community. And, uh, and then th- that danger of uh, if somebody does obey the gospel, uh, thinking, well, you know, they've been baptized, so, you know, they're good to go. And they're going to come in here and they're just going to absorb all this information and knowledge. And, and, uh, and it didn't work that way, does it, Chuck? It really doesn't. And I know you're running out of time. My last point, and I'll let you finish up. Uh, with concluding marks here, Dan, but, um, you know, we have this lady that, you know, she obeys the gospel. So what happens is that I study with her with some other members of the church on Wednesday afternoons, but she has a Zoom class with me and her sister in Georgia on Monday nights. She joined another elders class in a Zoom study on, uh, on Tuesday nights, and so the Wednesday afternoon, and she joins the Wednesday night study, and then Sunday morning. She's getting five classes a week. Wow. You know? And so she's just really growing and getting ground. But that's with others that are, they're doing the same. We have some new converts, Dave, who obeyed. He has joined that Zoom class on Tuesday nights. But I studied with him and another brother on on uh, Thursday nights face to face. And so we need to just keep helping them because they have that enthusiasm, that desire to grow. We just need to feed it. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you made me think of a story. This was in Lexington, Kentucky, several years ago. Um, uh, I was studying with a, a, an older older sister and her, her daughter had come to services and she wasn't a Christian. And uh, she was like probably in her mid thirties or something. And I, I got to know her and I asked her for a study and she went, sure. And so I looked over at mom and mom was smiling real big, you know, and I said, now, mom, you have to be in the study too. I want you to go through this with her because you know what I was doing there to keep it. And so we're going through the, we go through the first lesson and Chuck, Mom looks at me and says, and she was probably 60, 65. Mm-hmm. She looks at me and says, Dan, why didn't anybody teach me this stuff when I was before I was baptized? Yes, I've heard. And I went, well, I wasn't there 50 years ago. When yeah, I, that's right. that's so right. I don't know why, but look what look what you can learn from a statement like that of uh, wow. of even even uh, our brothers and sisters. Uh, either didn't get some of those fundamental things or they need to be reminded again of how important they are. Yes, absolutely. When we first moved to Kirk, Kirkwood, the elders said, can you just go through your series of lessons you teach people in order for them to become a Christian? And these Christians are coming up to me saying the very same thing you said. Wow. Wow. It's amazing. It's, amazing. it's good stuff. All and, right. Well, okay. This is, uh, hey, can you see how we could go uh, a little while here? Uh, uh, Chuck, uh, uh, I really, uh, Lord willing, we'll meet uh, somewhere face to face. I wish I'd known you, uh, you know, that you were in Newburgh. And I mean, I'm not that far from Newburgh. Right. But, uh, right. Uh, probably not that far from Missouri, really, when you get the map out. That's but uh, but I want to thank you again so much for taking the time this morning to do this. And uh, keep up your good work there and uh, keep that energy and enthusiasm going uh, because that's what that's 
you know, we're supposed, did, didn't it say in the scripture somewhere about those early Christians, they turned the world upside down. I, I wrote that down. I was going to bring it up. You beat me oh, to it, buddy. <laughs> oh, well, you know, uh, is there any, look at your notes real quick. We'll, we'll fudge a little bit here. Is there something else on there that you'd like to mention that we didn't uh, touch? Well, I think we pretty much covered it all other than some of the other stories that are out there. But I just loved Acts chapter 8 and verse 4. I wrote that one down because it didn't say they went everywhere setting up workshops. They went everywhere preaching the word under persecution. Come on. I mean, if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will. I know it. I know it. All right, brother. Well, again, thank you so much. If somebody listening to this, if they wanted to reach out to you, is there would that be would you give people permission? And if so, how would they contact you, Chuck? The best, the best way to do it is just go to the, the Kirkwood Church of Christ website. And uh, and that's just at uh, www.kirkwoodcoc.org. Um, and so, yeah, they can contact me through there. And anybody that's coming through St. Louis, check us out on the internet. Go to, And uh, come and visit us. Yes. It's always yes. open. Unless it's locked, I always tell people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again so much. And uh, uh, and God bless you and your work. You too. Thank you so much. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.